0: Thank you for tuning into the How We Interview podcast. Today, on this episode, I talked to Michael Brown. He's the VP of Global Attraction at Sneak and had an amazing conversation. I don't think either one of us took a breath, but we covered a lot of ground. We talked about Sneak's hiring process. We talked about what he's seen in this space currently and the importance of making sure that your inbound applicant volumes are diverse and represent the markets that you serve and also the goals of your organization. Mike's got an incredible background in this space, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Cheers. Today I'm with Michael Brown, he's VP of talent attraction at Sneak. I'll let him tell you all about what that means. Michael, Michael, Mike, what are you most comfortable with?
1: Whatever you're feeling, Aaron, it's been one of those things that throughout my life, it's it's Mike or Michael. When I used to get in trouble as a kid, it was Michael, but, but you can choose. You, you choose. Okay, cool.
0: It's funny, man. I won't leave it in the podcast. My, my brother is Nicholas. That's how he's known professionally. And so if I go golfing with his work buddies, they call him Nicholas. I call him Nikki. And so every time I say, nice shot, Nikki," they look around like I'm talking to somebody completely different. So I, I <laughs> completely get that. Cool. So today I'm with Mike Brown from Sneak. He's a VP of Global Talent Attraction. Mike, thank you for joining us today on the How We Interview podcast. It's a pleasure to actually have this conversation with you, but also to connect.
1: Ah, oh, thanks, Aaron. I'm excited to be here and uh, and to have a chat.
0: That's awesome. Can you? Everybody's got a different journey to how they got where they got. I'd love it if you could take some time just to talk about your journey into getting where you're at in your current role in your career up to this point.
1: Sure. A lot of it. it it's a bit of a journey, a bit of a story, but I'll be quick about it. My story begins in agency recruiting. I started out doing tech doing recruiting for full time people, and then made my way onto the contract side to understand a little bit more about what that was about, and then realized that there was probably a better way, maybe a different way to do it. And one of the things I, I really latched onto in agency life was storytelling. And I really wanted to be at one company telling one story, really honing in on that craft. And so I made a jump into corporate life. My first gig along the way was was at Aquia, And that was really where I Grew up as a a TA partner, TA manager, TA director, and then from there, jumped into a smaller startup once we had really made a really big push at Acquia and then did some things on the HR side, really trying to round out some of my experiences, but also through that realized I love TA the most. And so from there, ended up as the VP of TA at Toast, was on a really long a nice run there, and and then have now found myself over time at Sneak running a really awesome TA program globally.
0: That's awesome. It's in having these conversations. is fascinating to me how there's no one size fits all approach to get where you're at in talent acquisition. I came from marketing. And then my entree into TA was through employer brand, which turned into leading TA teams. And off you go. I love the fact that everybody's got their own journey. And you're right about TA. Do you feel like it gets in your bones? And it's, yeah, this is definitely the thing I'm meant to do.
1: Yeah. It's one of those, it's like almost addictive, right? It's there's elements of gambling involved and sales and negotiation and all of those things really get me excited. And I think the other piece that, that I've always latched onto is the helping factor. It's, it's great to, to get people jobs and change their life and potentially change their compensation and all that comes with that, I think is really impactful.
0: Yeah, there's kind of this altruistic piece, right? You're contributing to the greater good and you're not just, and I could never be in sales. I'd be terrible at it. I and the fact that I get to actually make a positive impact in addition to do something I love. And I do love the chase. And I do love the fact that you're only as good as your last month, your last quarter, your last year. I love the consistent challenge of that. So I completely get it. Can you talk a little bit about what Sneak does?
1: Sure. So we are a developer security company. So what does that mean? We build software for software engineers so software that develop developer driven software and what our software does is it helps software engineers to write less security vulnerabilities and breaches into their code by continually scanning what they're writing. So similar to maybe a grammarly for instance that's constantly scanning this is scanning in the developer environment bringing up potential breaches, making suggestions, into how to solve for, and providing analytics and insight to teams on how their security stature looks.
0: That's amazing. In this world, you can't be too secure, right? And so I think that's a very interesting value proposition that you all deliver. So global talent attraction, can you talk about what falls under your umbrella?
1: Sure. So right now, I oversee our all of the talent acquisition work that happens at Sneak globally across the entire business that also includes executive search as well as what we call our early career programs or early talent programs and that also includes the campus program and then last but not least is is brand so talent brand also reports into me
0: awesome awesome huge team a lot under your care which which is amazing switching gears this current hiring climate is Something. And I think tech and talent acquisition have probably been impacted as much as anybody else. I love it if you could, from your seat, share what you're seeing in regards to inbound. How do you triage? Like, I'm imagining that your inbound applicant volume is just shot through the roof, right? You've had all this great talent come onto the market. Kind of any challenges you're seeing for you and your team to see?
1: Yeah, it's really picked up actually, just even over the past few weeks, which is a great barometer for the market. But yeah, we're seeing a massive influx in inbound applicants. There's lots and lots of great talent in the market. And unfortunately there's just less, there's less jobs than there is talent. So the applicant, the applicant pool just tends to be pretty large, but the reality is that we still end up going out and sourcing quite a bit at this point. And so while the applicants are, are quite a bit. You know, they may not always be the right role, skill set or aligned role, or may just not necessarily be the right fit. And so we end up doing quite a bit of sourcing. And we also try to play towards more of a diverse first recruiting strategy as well. And that may not necessarily show itself from an inbound perspective.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. S- sourcing is a muscle, right? And so I've talked to some folks who said, we basically shut down our sourcing function because inbound is giving us the volume you need. But to your point, if you're not getting the quality or the diverse slate that you're looking for, you need to take matters into your own hands. And I've seen organizations that have said, all right, we're going to shut down sourcing for six months. And it's not like a car. Once you shut it off, it takes some time to get it back going again. There's not like a light switch where like, sourcing is on, sourcing's off. Exactly. We actually... On our team, we run
1: full cycle, so we don't have any sourcers. All the recruiters run a full cycle desk, source through, close, and even the mother hen to get them started. We also support each other, though, from a sourcing perspective. So we run weekly sourcing hacks where we'll get the whole team involved because everybody has a diverse and unique network. Let's tap into everybody's networks holistically and see if we can't help each other out.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. There's really two schools of thought in terms of full cycle recruiting versus this very specific division of labor. I've seen in both scenarios, I've worked in both scenarios. In terms of candidate experience, I'd love to hear what you think about the kind of net effect on a candidate where they're not talking to four or five people during their application process, but they're really dealing with outside of maybe a coordinator, one person from end to end.
1: Yeah. That's the primary reason we do that. Really, to make sure there's consistency in what the candidates are hearing and the expectations set and the follow-through. It's also just an opportunity to become a little bit more intimate and spend more time with the candidate throughout the process. So we found that it's just a little bit more of a you know close touch white glove experience to, to provide that one single person.
0: Yeah, I think we've all been in situations where you have a person come out of the blue that wants to either a talk to you or have an interview, or they're asking you for something, and I won't pick on folks, but I've been in some processes with seven, eight people involved for one requisition, which is bananas.
1: Yeah, it gets confusing, especially if you get handed off from person to person. It's really nice when you have just a consistent shepherd through the process.
0: Yeah. I feel like you're at the old school car dealership days, right? You'd go see the closer and you knew you are in trouble. (laughs) You're like, okay, here we go. This is the manager. Yeah, Yeah, the coming out. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And sometimes recruiting gets a bad rap, but I think we need to do anything extra to make that more apparent. That's true. So true. Yeah. Given the hiring climate, curious as much as you can share what Sneak does to assess not only fit for a role, aptitude.
1: Yeah. So we have a fairly structured interview process that we interview processes are a living being in in themselves. And so we're always looking at additional ways to continue to structure that. We ensure that we balance our interview slates, that we run role-based interviewing and really are pretty strict about scorecard and scorecard analysis. We use Greenhouse to facilitate that process. And then they're depending on the role. Many of the roles at SNEAK come with some related challenge. Uh, case study, or some sort of presentation that might be involved as well, really so that we get an understanding of, or to get to see somebody in action, right? And, and maybe see some of the more important components of the job come to life. We really make sure that these are low touch, low experience, low prep style of things as well, because we all know a big homework before an interview is a lot in itself. And how do we minimize that? And how do we minimize the time that it takes. So we, we spend a lot of thinking about that and just trying to structure the interviews so that they're built for speed as well. So we obviously want to make sure that we're hiring great people, but we also want to balance that off with, uh, with speed from just a time to market perspective.
2: This episode of How We Interview is brought to you by Reambi. You understand the importance of maximizing your team's efficiency. Instead of having your recruiters or coordinators spend time with expense reports to reimburse candidates for interview expenses, automate the process with Reambi. Reambi streamlines the reimbursement process, ensuring your candidates receive their reimbursement quickly and accurately. Your team can focus on other essential aspects of the hiring process by eliminating reimbursement tasks from their workload. Automating reimbursements is a significant improvement to the candidate experience. No more dealing with spreadsheets, attaching receipts to emails, or waiting weeks to receive the payout. With Reimbi, the reimbursement payout to your candidates is sent the same day expenses are approved. To learn more about how Reimbi can help your team, visit That's Reambi, reimbi.com. That's reimbi, r e i m b i.com.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. There's this gentle balancing act between speed and being thorough. And typically top talent doesn't have the patience to go through an 11 or 12 round loop in your interview process. you talk a little bit about how you balance really trying to pull through the very best talent while also being thorough in your process.
1: Well, I think we've done a bit of structuring at this point. So we've by level or we've got a range of levels that that particular range of levels requires, let's say it's a mid-level role, five people. And we've aligned that we'll always include a business partner in our interview processes for the majority of the roles that hit a certain caliber or seniority level. So we try to keep structure and standardization in that way. And I think that's been a good success factor for us
0: yeah so for the other ninety five percent that that don't go through the process, there's a lot of chatter on LinkedIn. The bots are taken over. They, I think there's a misconception of exactly what an ATS does or is. Talk a little bit about how any requirements or preferences you have on disposition, how quickly you want to get to candidates or human eyes laying eyes on every single applicant.
1: Yeah, human eyes only, my friend. you'll have any bots deployed at sneak today, at least not in TA. Um, and so we review all profiles. We have an SLA or each of the TA partners has an SLA of 48 hours, uh or 24 to 48 hours, really shooting for 24 if we can, but 48 hours to review profiles and respond. There needs to at least be an action taken. And then there's really thoughtful communication that goes back to disposition candidates and let them know that we're not gonna be moving forward and But here's some additional information about Sneak, and we hope to keep in touch. It's more of a, it's a no right now, not a no.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And bless you for that, right? I I think now TA teams are stretched thin. They're being asked to handle way more requisition volume than they have in the past. And there are a lot of organizations that just aren't dispositioning candidates. It's not yes or no, it's just nothing. And so I think... Because brand kind of falls, not absolutely falls underneath your purview, I think there's a certain amount of strengthening your talent brand by also being on top of like requisition hygiene and getting back to candidates in a timely fashion.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. It goes a long way being able to humanize the process, if you will, take away. Obviously, there's a canned email that they get when they apply, just like every other company does. But we do want to make sure that there is some level of outreach that happens beyond that.
0: Yeah. And getting back to why we do this in the first place, when we are in the people business, people want to be treated like people. So I think that's amazing.
1: We all like to feel special and we all want to have that experience that we all dream about, right? And so the more we can do to help facilitate that, the better.
0: I think it's awesome that you can still hang on to that because I think it's easy after doing this for 5, 10, 15 years to get, you get divorced from the reason we all started doing this in the first place. But the fact that it comes back to being a people first business, I think that's unbelievable. It speaks loads about you and what your brand stands for.
1: Oh, thanks. And I think it's the, it's how, you know, it's how you build the winning team. It's how you build the team that stays in the team. And it also is how you build the excitement in the market. Right? Yeah. And that's where you capitalize.
0: Yeah. And you're creating these amazing stories. I want to get back into tale brand in a sec, but you mentioned earlier when we were talking about sourcing is that you still do even in this market, which is probably unique, but you do a lot of outbound sourcing for a couple of reasons. One is you may not want those folks who are applying for every single job, but maybe people that are on the fence that just need that nudge, but also to help your kind of top of funnel diversity mix. You talk a little bit about what those efforts look like and how that plays itself out in the application funnel. Yeah.
1: So we, so there's a couple of things that come into play here from an outbound perspective. So Sneak as a historic has had gone out and hired in and basically where all the talent was. And so that, that landed them as a very global company with lots and lots of virtual and remote employees. And as time has gone on, you know, I think the reality is just that trying to rein some of that in one, I think it's complexity of managing so many countries as a company becomes burdensome at some point. And two, there's, there's cost ramifications to where you hire certain people. And when we think about that, we really take into consideration where we hire, what's the demographic in those particular areas look like, which then leads us to factor in, you know, are we able to really drive towards diversity in these hires? And for us, in a lot of ways, it's gender diversity that, that we're trying to drive. And knowing the diversity statistics and the various geos that you're hiring for really helps you to understand the capabilities and whether things are possible. And so, so, like, for instance, we know that, the the tech or the engineering, the software engineering market, for instance, in Cluj, Romania is roughly a 65, 35. And there is a good likelihood that we could potentially increase our gender balance in, in a place like Cluj and using that data to our advantage becomes really important. And then when it comes to our sourcing, we're really making sure that we're thinking about diverse first in, in our outreach and communications and being a little bit more strategic about who we outreach to first. And we're still always looking for the best candidate. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a matter of, can you stack the deck or increase your odds a little bit in, in a certain way?
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me how much sourcing has changed over the years. Thinking back ten years ago, you were me and my teams were hammering LinkedIn, and you're sourcers in a lot of ways. And you all are full cycle, so this may not be as applicable. Anybody who's just sources for a living, they're basically incented for OAs offer accepts, right? And so you find a certain profile that works for you, either that's from certain geographies, certain companies. What happens is your candidate base gets very homogeneous. They're, pretty much the same person. And that plays itself out in an ethnicity, in geography, in background. And if you don't check yourself, your whole team kind of looks, walks, talks, acts the same because they all come from the same sorts of places.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I think having a really balanced team, even our own TA team is, I would say, quite balanced. We've got people from five major geos, Singapore, Romania, London, U.S., I'm drawing a blank on some other folks here too, but there's just like the complexities that come with that, that are unique and trying to be as targeted as you can in those cases and thoughtful as you can, I think the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's amazing how much it's changed. Obviously very diverse, very, the more global team you have, the higher performing they're going to be, you're going to have different perspectives, which is great, but how you get to that, I think there's a lot of different ways to tackle that.
1: Totally agree. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Talent brand sits under you as well. And depending on the market, I think we hear more about talent brand sometimes versus others. Like right now it's quiet because there's so much just organic inbound traffic, but I'd love to talk about how you deploy talent brand or sneak, and then maybe what's unique about your approach.
1: We try to do it as strategically, thoughtfully, and inexpensively as we possibly can. So right now, We're actually in the middle of finalizing our EVP project, which is really exciting. We're going to create some unique alignment to our core values through that, and then be able to use all of that to really guide our campaigns forward. But in a lot of cases, we really try to do mostly storytelling. I think that's really what we've gravitated to. And so we're doing a lot of employee storytelling, really building and campaigning around pride and trying to build a sense of pride in the organization. And then we also do quite a bit of targeting as well. And so working with the sneak paid search team and whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, primarily, LinkedIn, we do some paid search as well. There paid ads to really, really target particular geos and skill sets where we're having maybe trouble or we know there's an upcoming spike. So trying to use the brand to our, to an advantage there as well. But brand gets deployed in in lots and lots of different ways. Whether it's it's internal or external, whether it's elevating voices or accelerating parts of the business, it gets used in just so many different ways. It's one of the things I I, I in my career I think maybe similar to Aaron have gravitated to quite a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think too. It's never. It's rare if somebody sees an ad, right? And they're like, oh, this is the place I want to be. Because there's no, th- it's very 2D. You don't know about their values. You know, just a lot you don't know. But that ad, in addition to an outreach from a sourcer, in addition to maybe the careers page or a testimonial, all of a sudden that tells a pretty compelling story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And it, it it's hard to say no. And we hear, we always ask, it's, the TA partners are, are good about asking, where would you hear about Sneak or... And in a lot of cases, we hear, oh, we saw your ad. We saw it. And it's cool to hear to hear that as a jump off point or just a validator in, in, in who you are, especially when you're earlier in your journey as a company and not necessarily super well branded. I think Sneak as a whole has a nice corporate brand. I think we're in the cyber space and, and maybe in Boston specifically, we we are very well known. Uh, definitely known in the cyberspace. Outside of that, I think there's, we have opportunity and that's like an exciting thing to know that there's still opportunity to do corporate branding and then tie back to our employer brand. The other fun thing about the brand that we have today is that in a lot of cases, other companies I've been at, the employer talent brand has been so drastically different than the corporate brand. And at Sneak, there's a lot of synergies synergies in how we talk, the words we use, the tone we're going for, and even in a lot of cases, who we're targeting, developers, right? And there's a nice synergy that we're able to create with our marketing team internally.
0: Yeah, you, I've seen or work for organizations, to your point, where the two brands are so divorced from one another that I can almost hear the record scratch noise in the back of candidates' heads. They're like, this does not compute. Like, this doesn't make sense. Why would the employer brand be so different? And what it does, it calls into question the validity of it, because I think the first rule of talent brand is that it's got to be accurate. You can't be, getting back into our sales analogy from earlier, you can't be like our car salesman analogy, no offense, car salesman, but you can't be promising something that you could never possibly deliver on.
1: It's so true. So yeah. true.
0: Absolutely. Last question. I'm curious, as you look to attract talent or because you're in technology, do you ever host hackathon, invite developers or engineers to come in and break the tool or find ways to augment the tool in such a way that also A, works as R&D for you all, but also too helps you uncover talent that might be attracted by the challenge, but it might not necessarily have known that you had open roles at the time.
1: Yes. So we do hackathons both internally and externally. So the R&D team, or actually Sneak as a whole, Well, has done hackathons as an entire company, and it's the type of thing where anyone and everyone can get involved and create a team and potentially build a new product, or make an enhancement, or bring something to life. And then, and then externally, we've done them. I know our marketing and our developer relations teams have joined hands to. To do all sorts of open source driven hackathons on various security platforms, and that's also something that is a great. We pulled in a lot of the content that was being pushed for that into the the talent brand and created a lot of excitement around that. But a lot of that we have a really they're very amazing and they highly followed developer relations team that that goes out and tells the sneak story to the developers to really evangelize the product and and sneak as a whole.
0: Which kind of comes full circle with your talent brand, your value proposition, everything else that you all offer as an employer. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's really helpful for sure.
0: Very cool. Well, Mike, I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much for talking through your process and your background with us. If people are listening to this, either A, I want to connect with Mike or B, I want to hear more about what Sneak has to offer as an employer. What's the best way for them to connect with you or follow your organization?
1: So you can just DM me right here on LinkedIn or that actually that's probably the easiest way because I'm on here every day.
0: Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And then they can go to the Sneak careers page. I'm sure you, I was looking today. You've got great content and we talked about testimonials. I think it tells a pretty compelling picture of what it means to work with Sneak.
1: Yeah. Also our, we've got a budding LinkedIn presence as well, excuse me, Instagram presence as well. It's also another great way to see what it's all about from a, an employee perspective.
0: That's awesome. I'll actually have to check that out. That's something that isn't done well a lot in the talent space. And so I'll have to absolutely give that a look. We're we're working on it. We're working. That's awesome. You got to start somewhere. Mike, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Aaron.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of the How We Interview podcast brought to you by Reemby. Head to our website at howweinterview.com to find the show notes and links mentioned in this episode. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Leaving us a rating and review also helps us reach more listeners interested in learning from other talent acquisition professionals.